Lord be with you. I want to share tonight the story of a man whose life was so radically changed when he discovered the blessing. In fact, it's going to take us uh, tonight and also next week. It's someone that I'm sure you've heard of, but I doubt that many have actually discovered him in reading through the scripture. He's in First Chronicles in chapter 4 and in verse 9, and the name is Jabez. And most people know him or have heard of him by the prayer of Jabez. But for many people, that prayer hangs in a vacuum, not realizing it is vitally tied in to everything that we've been speaking about in terms of the blessing. And so let's read it and get into it. Um, as you may know, uh, if you've got your Bible open, that the first chapters um, of Chronicles are simply a list of names. And 99.9 .9 of those names um, we have never heard of before, and I doubt we'll hear again. Long lists of names, genealogies. It goes into chapter 4, and then suddenly the person who is recording this cannot simply put down the name Jabez. The man stood head and shoulders above all his peers and all members of his family and clan to the point where he had to say something. And so although he only gives us verses 9 and 10 before he goes on with his genealogies and names that just hang there out in the ancient past, the two verses are given to this chap because the writer could not let him go without saying something of his remarkable history. So let's read it. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother named him Jabez, saying, Because I bore him with pain. Now, Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, and enlarge my border, and that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from harm, that it may not pain me. And God granted him what he requested. That essentially, but for one other remote verse that we'll look at later on, that's all we know about Jabez. Yet, within those two verses, there is a tremendous story. And even if you know these, the prayer of Jabez, it is very possible you don't know the story. You could say that Jabez and the story, which is a story that hinges on his coming to know and understand the blessing of God, it's like discovering a treasure in an old attic. Here you come these names and you just go through them. I mean, some people who try to read through the whole Bible um, in a year or something and they come to these chapters and, and you, you are dragging your feet through them and, and suddenly you discover in the old attic, you discover this treasure it's like coming on an oasis in the midst of a desert of unknown names and people. And 
he gives a heading to the story that's what started him off the, the writer here he says Jabez was more honorable than his brothers you could say that's the heading of the story he's more honorable than his brothers again I'm going to look at that much more later on but enough to get us started tonight that Jabez being more honorable the word means respected but it, it means respect because you have influence it means that you are significant within your world however big that world is and, and it means that you are impressive in terms of the power that you exercise it also has in it the idea of having enough uh, possession enough money to spare so that you are a generous fellow and, and then those that you help they respond in calling you honorable influential and so on it, it's it's a man i tell you what it is it's a man who impacts his world maybe the rest of the world never knows who you are or where you come from but you leave an impact you leave a footprint in what you call your world and and so that's the heading here is a man that obviously stands out head and shoulders in his history enough to get two verses in the middle of all these genealogies and names he's honorable he's a man that has such an impact of God love and power that he's recorded here so what's the story that's the heading how did he get there how did he become this honorable man and then the writer goes on at the beginning now he says this is how the chap's life started his mother named him Jabez saying because I bore him with pain now before I get to it let me say this this man Jabez is an extreme example of just about all of us now now certainly a lot of us will not fit into his story some will but not all but the elements of his story are the elements of all of us there's something about this story that relates to every one of us and I want you to listen for that in your life it is the story of the grace of God revealing to this man in the depths of his brokenness and pain revealed the covenant blessing and it's the story of a man who once he understood that blessing breaks free of all his chains and narrow cell in which he finds himself living and he's free into a new world a new dimension of God blessing and although we're reading what you might call in the depths of the Old Testament uh, way back there um, at, at the beginnings of Israel as a nation um, but we're dealing with embryo you know what I mean this that happened to him is a seed it, it's it's like a bulb planted in the fall uh, embryo and, and it's that Old Testament embryo when you look at it well the Old Testament people did not understand what we understand we have come to the full bloom 
this seed has borne fruit and the embryo has become mature in Jesus. Jesus, as I've been saying for weeks now, Jesus is what the blessing of the Old Testament was all about. And in Jesus, God has joined himself to us and you and I now are blessed people because we are in Christ. Christ is in us and the Spirit of Christ makes this actual in our lives. And so we're talking about someone a long time ago and we're talking about someone whose experience of God, though it was so incredible, yet it's embryo compared with where we are today in and through Jesus. Okay, it says that his mother named him Jabez. Where were they living at the time? It would appear, and obviously there's not much to go on here, but if I take the context of the chapter, he was living in the tribe of Judah, which is where Jerusalem is, where Bethlehem is, down there in the southern end of Israel. And so living in Judah, living in Israel, and therefore an inheritor by being part of the covenant people, he's an inheritor of the blessings. But... Well, you see, he didn't know that because of this word here, that his mother named him Jabez. That is what messed his life, broke him for I don't know how long. It says she named him. Now, a name to a Hebrew person meant a lot more than it means to us. You know, uh, my parents called me Malcolm because when you've got a last name of Smith, you need something a little bit more than John to go with it. And, and that's about it. There was no meaning that they put into the word when they gave me the name. But in the Bible, especially the Old Testament, names were given with great prayer, with great thought and sometimes they didn't name a child for some time so that they could see what God was going to do with this baby and so when they did name the name was often in the form of a little sentence we saw that with Abraham and God changed his name to Abraham um, and Abraham if you remember means um, the father of a multitude so what sounds to us like, like a, a name, Abraham, but actually it's a little sentence in the original language. Well, they gave them little sentences to describe how they're going to be. They, they gave them sentences to describe their destiny in life. And so you could say that they named their children almost prophetically. And sometimes, and this would be a case, it was uh, more a curse that she gave. But, but there was never a sense of looking up in a book of names to find a name. It was always, you are speaking something into this child that is going to fashion, direct, and describe the life of the child. And, and so... You could say the name of a, a person in Israel contained their resume. 
and they grew into their name so that you could know who the person was by their name. Now, the unusual thing about this, very, very unusual, is it says, and I think it, I, it doesn't just say he was named Jabez, it says his mother named him. Uh, one could say, essentially, that it was never the case. The, the parents might discuss, pray together over the name, but the name was given by the father. In fact, there's no mention of a father here. This is getting very strange as you look at this. His mother named him Jabez. And Jabez, what a name to give a child, especially in the days that we're talking of, when your name defined you and gave you the path of destiny for your life. For the word Jabez in the Hebrew language, is, it means pain bearer, pain giver. Uh, one who brings sorrow. Huh. Can you imagine? I mean, leaving out everything that we know about the blessing of God and the rest of it. Are you going to name your child pain? Are you going to name him the one that brings pain? Are you going to put a banner over the head of the child of sorrow? That's what she did. And in the Hebrew context, remember, she is saying this is who you are. This is what you will produce in your life. This is what you bring as your particular gift to life. Pain. You are pain. And wherever you go in life, you will produce pain. You are a one who carries behind you tears and sorrow. And wherever you go, that's going to be there. It is what you are going to contribute to life. Pain and sorrow. Why on earth would she curse him? And that's what she did. For a curse means um, a bad word. It means a downspeak. You, you, you are crushing a person. That's what she did. Why did she do it? Oh, she says. She named him Jabez saying, because I bore him with pain. I'm getting to unlike this woman more by the minute. So at his birth, there was some kind of pain and great sorrow. That could have been that it was a physically hard birth. But it could also be tied in with other painful, traumatic events that took place at his birth. And maybe, and this really is a maybe, I don't have an idea except the strangeness of the verse, that maybe it was at that time that the father died. Or maybe, worse yet, the father walked away. I don't know. But for the woman to say that I shall always look at you and remember the pain, the sorrow that took place at your birth. I don't know. 
I, I do know this that she named him with a name that was all about her do, do you get that you see normally parents as they prayed over the baby would seek the Lord for a name that would describe what the Lord would do in this child's life and what his destiny or her destiny would be in terms of covenant purpose this woman has no concern for that whatsoever she is absorbed with herself she I tell you this mother is a black hole that sucks everything and everybody into that blackness and she named the child with a name that was all about her listen she says because I bore him with pain nothing about what God might do in this child's life nothing about how this child may be redeemed from whatever traumatic event of the birth was nothing just she takes her pain and she defines that moment of pain in her life in that child in fact she's not going to get beyond whatever that pain was she's not going to get beyond it because every time she calls the child names the child it's all going to come back all going to come back she has taken that day of pain and she's fast freezed it you know what I mean like they they, they do when, when they freeze food it, it, it's fast freezed and in that moment which which could have been the passing of a 24-hour day it could have been events around it but she fast freezed it so it would never be forgotten it was held there there's no more history after this nothing happened after this every time she looked at the child she said you started this you were the one that gave me the pain and now you carry that pain into life and so as the little child comes into consciousness you know uh, as coming through the first year and going into the second year the, the, the child is that's his consciousness he has no other consciousness all he knows of himself is that I am a pain bringer she, she is punishing the child with her pain or could I put it this way and this is where there's quite a few of us have been at the bad end of this that that a person who is in pain emotional pain mental pain or physical pain even but they they give it to others a broken person will find someone and usually someone who is weak and helpless to defend themselves and they give to them their pain and it's behind so much abuse so much sexual abuse that the person who themselves are broken they give their wretched foul brokenness to a weak helpless child she's doing this 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 is her pain this is her pain the child had nothing to do with it but her pain she lashes it out 
against a helpless newborn and he comes through into the first consciousness of self-awareness that he is pain she's she's the abuser and he's the abused and she named him so that her pain would be his repeated destiny it happened to her at that specific time but now she's given it to the child and he is going to repeat that destiny of pain over and over again uh, I tell you what she did she gave him a template of life did you know what that means it, it she told him in his name that this is what you must expect this is your default that as you go out into life it doesn't matter what you touch doesn't matter what you try to do it will always be in the context of pain you will have pain you will leave pain you will give pain there will be tears wherever you go because your name and to the Hebrew that means your destiny this is his worldview or you could say this is how he understands this is how the world works tragedy because you see he's he's absolutely too young to argue with her he has no other frame of reference she has told him in this name that this is the way the world works pain sorrow it's your destiny and so you are destined you 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 are a bad omen kid you are a bad omen anybody who gets around you it's bad luck bad luck to know you bad luck to be with you bad luck to work with you that's your name pain and sorrow and you'll never forget your name is a monument to my pain and all the neighbors will remember my pain when they call you by name and you will have to remember my pain every time they call you that that's I, I I, I, I believe you know what I'm trying to say here see add to that that the mother is the first sight the first feel of love that a baby receives and so as soon as the baby's eyes focus the first face that the baby looks at is that of the mother the mother who is the nurturer the mother who is the comforter the mother who is giving herself 24 7 to care for this child and to shield this child from the world before it's old enough to go out into the world huh what was the first thing Jabez saw what was the first thing he looked into the eyes of a woman who despised him despised him who whose whole being was focused in the fact which was a fact in her head you 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 were the doorway for opening my life to sorrow and sadness 
so he never knew love he he it's i know it doesn't say so but if you're following me this woman who cursed her son with his name could never give him love never would he see that smile of sheer delight in his mother's face at the very sight of him and and at the very mention through her lips of his name it's as if this is not nice but it's what she did it was as if she ripped the scab of that wound whatever it was around his birth ripped off the scab to start the bleeding all over again to relive the pain and so she couldn't love the child he was not raised with love and all of this I say again was happening before he could edit it you know if someone says that to you today well it's not nice but you're old enough now to be able to say hey lady you've got a problem that's editing people say things to us and we recognize they're having a bad day and we recognize it's not really about me they're just taking it out of me but when you're a child you don't have editing capability you you can't cut and paste what's said to you it's all accepted from parents and authority figures it's accepted as final truth and so she is etching is like a sculptor with stone she she's putting it into his core person his his self image it's defining what will become his expectancy of himself that will be behind it when he says this is who I am she's doing all of this when he's a child and of course as he grew up and as he played with his friends and his uncles and aunts and cousins would call him they would all echo what his mother had said and so to him the whole world would echo I'm pain I'm a sorrow bringer it was etched into him so so that by the time he can reason his name is part of shall I say his truth his reality there was not a thought in his head that his mother was wrong it had happened too early it was part of truth that you don't argue with you don't discuss it as I said a few moments ago it was the narrow cell in which he lived this is his world and he is chained to it by his mother's word and it's his you see after a while the place that his mother took in it although it's there it's it's far away it's foggy now he'll introduce himself and say my name is Jabez I am Jabez he identified this is me my name I am Jabez what, what can I can I get inside this man's heart you know what would he say pain 
Pain is not something that I've done. To, I, I don't deserve this. It, well, it's the way I am. See, it would be so much easier if I had done something. And something then that I could turn away from. Ask forgiveness. But, see, you have to understand, I am pain. I am pain bringer. I, I didn't do anything to bring this on. It's the way I am. Or maybe he thought, I'm, I am unworthy of love because he'd never known love from his mother. So he viewed himself, I, I, I'm a leper. I'm unclean. If you've got sense, get away from me. I'm only going to wreck your life. I'm the pain bringer. Or... If anyone really knows me, they couldn't love me. They'll only find their life full of pain. Or, I'm different, you see. You've got to understand, I'm not like everybody else. I've watched others. They bring honor to their parents. They bring a a smile of delight to their parents' faces. But, But I don't. There's something wrong with me. I'm a misfit in society. The society who knows something, a joy that I've never touched. I am a cruel accident. I'm defective. I should never have been born. I think you can find all of that in a man who believes that it's his destiny to be in pain and to bring pain. You know, you'd see yourself almost as some sort of suicide bomber. You're bringing this deadly missile of pain and sorrow wherever you go. And if you get too close, I'm going to ruin the lives of innocent people. I am a carrier of a contagious disease. Keep away from me. See, this whole issue, and this is every one of us deal with this in some way or another. The the whole issue is concerning worth. My, My sense of worth, my sense of value and significance. And his reality, his truth, was that he was no asset to God or family. Or in fact, to the whole world that he lived in, which wasn't very big, the uh, some area in Judah. No, he left the footprint of pain and sorrow. He was the destroyer. And so in the, the black depths of his broken self, he really believed. Do, do you know what I mean by this? He didn't have to try and believe it. He really believed that whatever he put his hand to, there would be no success, certainly no prosperity. It would all end in one great crash of pain. And so, if he ever got involved in any kind of business or into family inheritance, he knew that it just wouldn't work. And he approached it with that, because that's his destiny, that's his name, you understand. I deserve punishment for being alive. 
nothing is going to be successful so life would be all futility I mean what's the use this is my destiny the thoughts of his mind were always dark thoughts they have to be with a name like pain that you understand the Hebrew way dark thoughts sighs so he found grief and pain mentally physically because such thoughts such an attitude to life release toxic chemicals into your body this man would have had to have been sick and certainly if you had watched him walk he would be bent over because persons who feel they carry a burden reflect it in their physical body his face would be dark bad the banner over his life was pain and he knew it and everybody around him picked up on that this was the narrow confines of his cell these were the boundaries of his life this is what he expected of life this this was it and you know a person that's in this condition it's pointless to go up to them and say now come on snap out of it that's cruel actually don't don't say to this kind of a person when I just look on the bright side to him the bright side never existed that was for other people or a better day's coming he didn't even know the meaning of a better day he could only answer you this is who I am this this is the way that I am and have you noticed if you're following along with this kind of a person and this kind of thought that what we believe ourselves to be what we put behind the I am this I am that that has a certain magnetism this is a fact of life it's it just is if you've been around people long enough you will have noticed it it's a magnetism that attracts our expectancy we we expect pain we expect futility we expect disaster we expect everything to fall apart we expect to hurt people and somehow in the mystery of humans we attract that to us he became the black hole of the one who gave him birth his mother was certainly a black hole and he's he would become the same and have you noticed also that in this mindset there is a drive to prove that our expectancy of life is correct I think we do that because it's the only way we can make sense out of life if my name my expectancy my reality is pain sorrow then we're driven to prove that 
We, we, we almost watch life for proof. See, I brought sorrow there. That I brought pain. See, I tried that and look what happened. We, 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 we work at it. He's got to prove his name. We're all driven to do that. If, if you see, if, if there was a ray of sunlight in his life, if there was some happiness that burst through, then he would wait expecting for the sadness that would inevitably come. Because he didn't deserve joy. He didn't deserve peace. He was destined for something else. And, and, and so if, if it happened to break through, he couldn't enjoy the peace and the joy or the love because he was waiting for the whole lot to come crashing down. So th this person wakes up and the way he looks at the day is darkness. The day will have to prove to him otherwise. He's already decided that the day is darkness. The day is guilty, unless by some weird chance it should be proven innocent. And so he drags his feet into the day. He resists every minute. It's not a day that he wants to be alive. And such a person of inevitably, there will be a certain bitterness against his mother. You see, this was obviously a well-known fact. For it to be recorded in the genealogy, his mother named him Pain, saying, because I bore him with pain. That was known to everybody. So he had to know that his mother had something to do with this. And beyond his mother, he probably blamed God, but most people are afraid of doing that, so they... They blame the greatest authority figure in their life. And he's a man with envy, envy in these people around him that seem to have a joy that he can't even know or feel. And whenever he thought of himself, it's self-loathing and shame. Of course, is it possible that he fought with the name? You know get into some sort of legalism life a struggle or focusing on the power of positive thinking it's a grim battle I have got to think in such a fashion I've got to try I've got to discipline in order to be not the person that I know I am you think about that. I have met over the decades with thousands of persons in churches and their whole Christian life is trying to be what they feel they're supposed to be, trying to be what they see a good Christian is supposed to be, but their whole struggle is trying to be someone they believe they're not. I hope that makes sense. Because if you are one of those people, then this story that we'll look at over the next, uh, this week and next week, 
uh, will help you well it will radically change see he believed this is who I am and if he did try to fight with his name he was trying to fight with who he believed he truly was I am pain but I'm going to grip my teeth and I'm going to pretend not to be I must not I must not I will not I promise I will not be who I am I must destroy myself self-hate I must overcome who I am I must be who I'm not these might be some of the most important words I'm saying tonight for some of you if, if his life took that turn on his name then it was as a life of labor of soul sweat being weary to the bone to try and be a perfect human whatever that was because he didn't know and of course that kind of life it always produces failure always don't know how long the failure waits to come but sooner or later it comes with many people three days after you determined to be who you're not then of course you fail because you are who you believe yourself to be and that would be followed by repeated dedications rededications and always to be sucked back into the swamp of despair and futility and somewhere in there comes absolute despair and you say this is my life make the best of it whatever I, I think you've got the picture of this sad broken man now do you remember I said right at the beginning as we started that this man Jabez was of the tribe of Judah that eventually well really from the very beginning Judah was marked out as the most important tribe of the 12 tribes of Israel and it was the tribe from which uh, David was going to come the first great king uh, of Israel at least the, the first real king of Israel came from Judah Bethlehem and all the promises and prophecies were that through the line of David the Messiah would come and he would be born in the town of Bethlehem in Judah so Judah of all the tribes they were shall I say more aware of the covenant promises and the covenant blessings well Jabez was of the tribe of Judah so he is surrounded by some level of covenant understanding he, he's surrounded with people that have some idea that they are in a covenant with God by God's initiative and that their future is bright with eternal light 
but also in Judah you had the temple and that means right there in Judah the daily blessing that we've spoken of in the last three weeks that's where it was given there in the temple in Judah there was the blessing the Lord bless you and keep you the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace shalom prosperity success and harmony and tranquility in life that was said every morning in the temple in Judah though it was said for all 12 tribes but he lived very close to it and remember the people and it would be if ever it was strong it was in Judah that people would greet one another with the Lord is with you and the blessing of the Lord be upon you that's how they greeted each other and especially so in Judah he, he's surrounded by it in fact he would have answered the same when people greeted him he would say the same that's how you said hello and so he used these covenant words of blessing and he would have been part of the great festivals of Passover and Pentecost and the Day of Atonement and Feast of Tabernacles and so on all the great festivals of praising God and thanking him for his blessing he would have been part of it yet he seems to have totally missed it in the middle of it he's blind to it surrounded by it he's deaf to it anything he heard it was a sort of what can I call it mythology it, it was just well that's you know it's part of our history it's um it's what we Israelites do you understand that's it's part of our ancient history goes back all the way to Abraham goes all the way back to our being delivered from Egypt it's just the way we are it's uh, the rituals that make us a nation and if there was any truth to what he was saying or hearing if he thought of it as being true well it was for others the idea that that blessing in the temple was for him that thought never occurs to him remember he's pain he's rejectable so how could the smile of God be upon him it was just words religious words that were forgotten as soon as they were heard and if you pressed him on it I think he would say doesn't my life prove it look at my life you say this is blessed look at my life you say God's smile is on me I think that's how he would answer the fact is he had a knowledge of the covenants and he had a knowledge of the blessing but to use the biblical expression from Hebrews chapter 4 it was not mixed with faith see you can know it all you could memorize the whole Bible but unless it's balanced with faith 
Now this I know, but faith says, this is mine, and this I take as the gift of the God who loves me. And I take it, and I trust him, and I lean my whole life into him, and take his blessing. You can know it all, it does you no good. You can become an expert at analyzing it. You can become a professor in a theological seminary and not know any of it by experience. It was not mixed with faith. But somewhere, somewhere, and we don't know because we've only got two verses to go on. But it says, having said all that we've talked about tonight, that he was named by his mother and so on. Verse 10, now something happened. Now wake up what has been his life for however long and it might not have been too long maybe in his 20s I don't know that's really neither here nor there but there came into his life a now and that now Jabez called on the God of Israel saying oh that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my border, that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from harm, that it may not pain me. Now you understand why that was in there. And God granted him what he requested. There came to him a revelation of God, that all the words, which were words that you could say were the gospel of the Old Testament, all the words of blessing. God, in his great love for you, empowering you in your core self, strengthening your mind and your emotions, your body, and everything you touch, and being the personal presence, the personal energy of life and fruitfulness and success to achieve the end the goal for which you were created blessing and being kept as a shield around you and the Lord causing or deliberately turning his face toward you shining with a smile of delight because of who you are he loves you and delights over you and be gracious to you grace his unending gifting into every moment to enable you to live in that moment to the fullest or as Jesus said I'm come that you might have life and have it more abundantly and as we've continually said, that means in the totality of your existence, not just some invisible spirit self that's going to heaven when you die. And to know that he lifts up his countenance upon you, which is that, it's a phrase that means catching the eye of a beloved friend. So we're, we're in a crowded room and you're on one side, I'm on the other and I, I look and I, I, I can see you and you over there see me and between us there goes something almost tangible that you know that I know and I know that you know we've seen each other 
And, and what a million words couldn't say has happened between us in just a look, a look of friendship, affection, love, trust. The Lord has lifted up his countenance and said, you're mine, you're mine. And the final word of the blessing, give you peace, which means inner tranquility, whatever's happening around you, inner peace, but it also extends to salvation, deliverance from all that would hold you and chain you and imprison you. And therefore it also means, the word means prosperity and success, meaning that from your innermost person to your outermost, you achieve the goal of what you were created to be, a human being in union and walking in harmony with the God who loves you. He called on the God of Israel. The God of Israel. Israel. That's the descendants of Abraham, the one to whom the promise was first given that you are blessed and, and I surround you with blessing and whoever you bless shall be blessed and your destiny is to bring blessing to every family of the earth. The God of covenant. So somehow, which I can only say is the Holy Spirit for we can never think ourselves here. The Holy Spirit opened his eyes that he's your God and he's the God who has entered into covenant and he's the God who has sworn by himself to bless you in that covenant and his face is shining his eye is upon you for good he gives you he graces you and he brings you to peace with his power and you see that was his destiny before he was born before his mother got her fingers into it that was his destiny think about that before he had done good or bad that was his destiny because his destiny was from the heart of God not because of anything his mother did or because of what he did it's what God had determined in bringing this one into the world his mother had cursed him, but now he hears blessing, and blessing transcends curses. Blessing shreds curses. What he heard gave him a new template. God would bless him. That changed the whole worldview. It changed all expectancy of what life held. It changed everything. That life is not about being cursed with pain, but it's about a God who meets me in every moment to bless with joy and with peace. This is a template that's got nothing to do with your mother saying, I hurt and you're going to hurt, but rather God saying, I love you and I'm with you. I am your strength, I am your shield, I am your life, I am your fruitfulness. It was not about his mother, it's not about him, it's about the God who loved him. See, everything when it comes to receiving the blessing or New Testament receiving the gospel, 
you hear the word repent and everybody well not everybody but so many people think repentance is all that wailing and howling after a church meeting when you, you know how it is uh, they, they, they go forward to try to look sad and, and, and confess their sins and promise never to do it again that is not repentance it's not even second cousin to repentance repentance the Greek word metanoia it means to rethink it, it means to change your mind in the light of truth so actually it's got nothing to do with uh, upheaval of emotion it's it's got everything to do with standing in bug-eyed wonder at a new reality a new truth and in the light of that new truth i've got to rethink reorientate my entire life i can never be the same again i've seen too much and faith is not trying to believe that I'm a person that I'm not. Faith is laying hold on what God says and saying, thank you, that is your gift to me. And therefore now through your grace, through Jesus Christ, I am who you say I am. And under an Old Testament regime, that's what he did. He saw life now through a new template. He saw it through a new stained glass. And now it was all colored with the blessing of God. All colored and held in by the embrace of God love. And he calls on the God he has lived in the presence of all his life and never had a clue what was going on. But now he calls upon him. And... and behind what his call is he is is saying this is who you are and you could include wow there's right here as we'll see a lot next week but there's the element of wonder it's the awe of revelation this is who you are and if this is who you are then this is who I am not who my mother said I was but this is who I am and I am who I am by your gift I am beloved. I am blessed because of your covenant oath. And so he prays. Or it says he called on. The whole of what he said we'll have to deal with next week. But let me say this. It's not so much a prayer as to an absolute submission and yielding to what he's understood if you read this in the Hebrew language it wouldn't end in my Bible it ends at the end of verse 10 when may not pain me exclamation point but it ends whereas in the Hebrew it, it it's left open it's not he just sort of he stops speaking and it, it comes out as you're the God that would bless me indeed. Yes. You would enlarge my borders. You would get me out of the narrowness of this cell that I've lived in. Your hand of power 
would be with me? You would keep me from evil that it might not pain me? <laughs> well, here I am. It's a yielding to that which transformed his life from being a broken, pain-filled man to becoming more honorable than all his brothers. It was a radical shift. In fact, everything Jabez called life died. Blessed death. He discovered life, but to take life he had to die to what he called life. And he resurrected into being the blessed man that this speaks of. Those of you that have been here for the last weeks and those of you that have gotten us from our archives and YouTube and whatever, you understand what blessing is. Take everything I've said in the last weeks and apply it here. That a man as broken as this, a man who is in such darkness, having suffered such abuse, and yet when he took the blessing and realized by God's gift, this is who I am, that killed dead the I am's of darkness. And he rose out of that tomb to become a brand new person. Well, I'm out of time tonight. But next week we're going to go into every detail of this prayer in the light of what we've said this week. But my prayer for you is that applying what I've said to yourself wherever it fits, now go to this prayer and begin to pray it for yourself with the same awe and wonder that Jabez did. And let's see what the Holy Spirit does before we meet again. Amen. And now the blessing of God, who is almighty love, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, be with you to enlighten you and to bring you into the fullest experience of your The Lord be with you. I want to share tonight the 